This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast uh-huh. or give us stars and, and numbers or whatever it is people do now. Maybe we should be more specific. Go to iTunes and rate and review our podcast. That too. And hey, share it with a friend. That would be great. Maybe not this one. It's going to be a stone cold bummer. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's been a rough couple of days just watching TV. I was riveted. Uh, we're recording this right after <laughs> Jeff Flake did something Jeff Flakey. Yeah. Uh, so maybe they'll delay this vote. Who so knows? Hammond and but I were discussing. So it's about, what, one-ish, one yeah. thirty. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's almost 2 o'clock. You were so late. I know. I'm sorry. Um, we were discussing what happened. So as Hammond was driving over here is when Jeff Flake voted to push Kavanaugh through with a caveat of that there will be some kind of FBI investigation and haven't asked me for details. And I said, those are literally all the things <laughs> I know because up until like the last two years, I've been completely unaware of how judicial appointments work because I was living in this fantasy world called I the mean, pre-Trump era. I don't want to hold out hope that Jeff Flake is going to do like the thing I want him to do because that never works out. Yeah. But whatever, if there's a delay, there's a delay. But there were a few things I want to talk about regarding uh, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford's testimony and Kavanaugh's testimony that I thought uh, will still be relevant in a couple of days. Yeah. So here's the first one. And this is one that I'm not surprised by, but we should be surprised by this. There was a poll taken by a whole bunch of people, NPR, PBS NewsHour, Marist, um, And they surveyed, you know, a thousand people. They were asking about Trump stuff, Kavanaugh stuff. Here is the thing that stood out. They said, if the charge of sexual assault from Brett Kavanaugh against Dr. Ford, if that's true, Mm -hmm. should they confirm him? Mm -hmm. Not should they do it right now because you have doubts or you don't think it's credible, whatever. Even if you knew it was true, should he be confirmed to the court? And there were two groups that ranked higher than everybody else. Do you want to take a guess? Is Who said yes, by the way, and said, yeah, you should confirm him anyway. Evangelicals. And evangelicals is one. Are they all religious denominations? No. Well, the oh, other group is white just men? straight up Republicans. <laughs> oh. So close. So basically the but, same thing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> 54% of Republicans said they would vote to confirm. 54%. 54%. Said they would vote to confirm Kavanaugh, even if he sexually assaulted her. White evangelicals, 48%. Oh, I need to remember to do the, ca- the caveat of the white caveat evangelicals. Is there. And just to be clear, like only 36% of the white evangelicals said his assault, mm-hmm. assuming it's true, mm-hmm. in, according to this hypothetical, yeah. only 36% said that would be a deal breaker. The other 16% were just, eh, I'm not sure what I would say then. <sighs> yeah. Like, more than half of Republicans would say, well, okay, he assaulted someone when he was 17. Mm-hmm. Either confirm him or I'm not sure we should give someone a job promotion based off of a sexual assault he committed when he was 17. That's their mindset here. Yeah. So here's like, that's, I think, the most, okay, I'm not going to say most alarming because there's a lot of things that are going on that are extremely alarming for me, right? But I think the most, deeply troubling and the thing that it's going to take me the longest to kind of get over once the air sort of clears and this is passed is that exactly is not just you know there's people saying she's making this up out of whole cloth or there's people saying this was a long time ago nobody can remember or this is a long time ago and he was 17 and apparently consequences don't matter before you're 18 years or old she was according assaulted to these and it wasn't him or she was any of those things it is what it is. What alarms me is people who are super comfortable with this idea of like, yeah, he did those things, but for whatever reason, that does not affect his moral character or his <laughs> ability to judge impartially right. or whatever. And that's a lot in like sort of the rhetoric I keep hearing, um, like Lindsey Graham, who I wish would fuck right <laughs> off to hell. Fuck that dude. He is on my like 
fuck that guy 2018, top of my list. Um, this sort of I- idea of even if he did, it doesn't matter. And I think the other thing is... And by oh, the way, if- they all attested to this, too. All the Republicans who were uh, saying things today, yesterday, they were all like... They don't want to say, I don't believe her. Because mm-hmm. they know that would be a bad thing to say. And so she was they extraordinarily all, compelling. She was. And witness. they all said she was very credible. Right. I, I believe... They didn't say, I believe her. They, they said, said, I believe something happened to her. I believe something happened to her. Her testimony was very credible. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, I'm going to vote for Brett Kavanaugh. Right. They're, they're in the same mindset that, yeah, okay, maybe something did happen to her, but it doesn't matter to right. me. That was their whole demeanor. Yeah, and I think they're kind Remains of sh- that way, showing their hand a little bit when they say things like, oh, God, for you know, if we looked into everybody's past like this, nobody <laughs> would be confirmed. And I find okay. that, yeah, like, <laughs> bring it on, my dude. Yeah. Like, I oh, have no, done a, some... A judicial court and Congress people who don't have sexual assault. Yeah, is that worst case scenario for you? Like, <laughs> I have done some a dumb shit, and I am willing to attest to that for sure. But, like... Nobody would dig into my past and be like, well, she should be in jail right now. Right. Like, she assaulted a person. Like, I don't, it's <laughs> it's just, it's really alarming and scary and makes me think of, like, what skeletons they have in their closet. Right. And it, I And Kavanaugh, by the way, did not say, look, maybe I did do this, but I don't recall doing this. I If I did it, I made a huge mistake and I'm not that guy now. Yes. He that's didn't the say other that. Thing. He's categorically rejecting anything like this could have happened. And, and not and and I've heard kind of it tossed around of there is a reality in which he genuinely blacked out drunk and does not remember this thing happening. So he is arguing from what he believes is a place of truth. But even if that's the case, even giving him every benefit of the doubt. You wouldn't say, like, A, he's lying time and time again. Like, mm-hmm. pe- he, he's blacked out. He's lying about boofing. He's, he's <laughs> boofing. Oh, my. Yeah, whatever you wrote in his yearbook and stuff. Oh, it's all sexual fuck. references that he's like, I meant farting or I meant we we or danced some... with that girl. We didn't all have sex with her. And that, that woman was like, <laughs> um, no, fuck these people. Um, like, he's lying he's about lying the small about, things because he, he can get away with all small the things. things. It's, it's so... It's so unfathomable that, like, this is something he feels comfortable lying about. But anyway, so the point is, like, even if... So he's lying about... Obviously, we know he's lying about blacking out, which, like, God, he he's probably committing perjury all over the fucking place. So maybe let's sort of put all this aside. Maybe let's look into that for a second. Or, like, his temperament, because fuck, that scared the shit out of me, the way he went off on people At yesterday. At first, it was kind of funny, because it was just yeah, a guy yelling into the even microphone. Even if he doesn't end up on the judiciary, and then it was scary he's you real- still on the courts. Yeah, and then you realize, oh, shit, like, they're still going to confirm him, even though he's angry and insane. And even if they don't, he's still going to be on the, what, it's in the appellate courts? Yeah, he's. I mean, he sits on the appellate court right now in Washington, D.C., which is... A hugely right. important body. Right. It doesn't do a lot of the social issue stuff that we tend to talk about, mm-hmm. but it does do a lot of important cases. Yeah. He's still on there regardless. Right. And I want to keep in mind, someone brought up uh, maybe on Twitter something like the the woman that the GOP hired to ask questions of, Mitchell. The, of the woman um, who then they just ignored when it came to questioning Kavanaugh. Him, yeah. She said, I would not prosecute Kavanaugh based on what I heard. Which makes sense because this wasn't a trial yeah. and this wasn't about like. And nobody's asking to, him to be prosecuted. Exactly. We're Th- asking this wasn't that maybe about that. this the question the is does he deserve a to... job promotion? Not yeah. just a job, like the job promotion. The job promotion. But anyway, to kind of cap off my thought from before, like even if this is a, he's living in a world where he does has absolutely no memory, which whether or not he's blacked out or not, is not. It's not out of the realm of possibilities that he did a thing that he doesn't remember because for her it was a lifelong trauma and for right. him it was a Saturday yeah, night. Yeah, the idea that other he, people that were in that par- at that party don't have a recollection of, of they it. They don't. Why I don't remember they? every party I went to in college. I was very. Pu- I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> anyway, he can't even uh, bring himself. He can't even be humble enough to say. There is a very... Maybe this did happen. Because I black out. Because I drink a lot. Because apparently he likes beer. 
Or, God, he talks so much <laughs> about beer. But this is the thing. This is not a, an uncommon thing. People will say, like, where were you, if they're our age, where were you when 9-11 happened? And we all remember because yeah. it's a big, significant event. Right. Where were you on September 10th? Right. Who knows? Right. Because th- nothing important happened that day. So why would I remember the it's, details? It's not noteworthy And if you me. ask me to recall the specific, I mean, season one of Serial is I was literally that, right? just thinking that. But, like, that's the whole point of the thing. If you If nothing big or crazy happened to you, you wouldn't remember the details. Yeah. Kavanaugh, here's what's also scary. Kavanaugh says he doesn't remember any of this. And if you give him the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. maybe that's because assaulting a woman wasn't a big deal to him or he was blacked out drunk or whatever. Or both. Or both. Two things can like, be true. Again, but this isn't about putting him in jail. Yeah. And I think what, what sort of got under my skin was him sort of t- sort of taking offense and i i didn't want i watched her whole testimony i did not watch it i like purposely turned oh, it off cuz i was really struggling Th- today i've watched like i watched like Rachel Maddow's coverage of it so i've gotten most you of got it you got the clips yeah i got the mm-hmm. clips i just i my i couldn't it wasn't i couldn't yeah um but anyway he got into these sort of semantic arguments of whether or not he has a drinking problem or whether or not he drinks too much and i don't in this specific instance, it does not matter to me if he drinks too much mm-hmm. or if he drank too much or if he's still like right. that, he's not being punished for drinking nobody, or like, underage drinking. It's even. kind of the same thing as like when people try to like pin you on like whatever you're oh, if you don't believe in this, then you don't like I don't care what you do or don't believe in. Let's address this issue that's in front of us right mm-hmm. now. Is it possible? That given everything all of your classmates said about you, you could there is a any chance that there is an incident in high school that you don't remember whether or not, whether it's because you were drunk or whether it's because you just don't remember. And the fact that he's like, there's categorically denies it is, is baffling to me. It's so, it's such a fucking farce to be like, I don't remember it, but I definitely know it didn't happen. Like you can't, you can't (laughs) play both sides. Um, Let me go to a different (sighs) version of the same story. Uh, one of the things he brought up multiple times in his opening statement and then repeated throughout, because apparently was, this is one of those guys where high school's like the peak of his life. Which is because <laughs> when, when you go to a private all boys Catholic Jesuit school, this is a when you go to those private expensive schools. Yeah, it's your whole identity you for life. life. But again, he kept saying, "I went to this all boys Catholic Jesuit school." Well, the Jesuit magazine American uh, America rather. Magazine for Jesuits, it has a reputation in that community. They initially said, yeah, we totally would confirm this guy. Well, yesterday after the hearing, they were like, we rescind our endorsement of this guy. That's The Jesuits wild. are like saying that. And here's what they said. Like, we continue to support the nomination of judges according to such principles, like conservative judicial sure, sure. principles. But Judge Kavanaugh is not the only such nominee available. Here's the important part. For the good of the country and the future credibility of the Supreme Court in a world that is finally learning to take reports of harassment, assault, and abuse seriously, it is time to find a nominee whose confirmation will not repudiate that lesson. Yeah. That's that's good that's for great. them to say. So I'm of two minds on this. Because on the, on the one hand, it's extremely telling that this man's church, as it were, is saying like, no, 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 like we're not backing you up anymore. On the other hand, it sort of calls into question this idea of like, A, why should we necessarily care what a church, I guess they have as right, as much right to their opinion as any other nonprofit or whatever. But like, if, if then, in spite of that, the, the conservative, st- the, the right, the religious right still backs this guy, then what does it say about what religious morals are like and we see this time and time again of like we believe you know the church came down and decided that abortion is fine or whatever and people say no i don't believe that so what are we doing here you're telling me that you get your morals from church church is telling you this thing and what it doesn't so church doesn't matter so you're no more moral than anybody else because no matter what the church says you have this belief so (laughs) really what the fuck are we doing here just to be clear this is a guy kavanaugh who kept saying how religious he was how often he goes to church at the same time religious people never commit sexual (laughs) assault it's called science at the same time while he's like i love underage drinking i drank all the time and the guy who's who very clearly brags with his friends about who they had sex with Uh and is clearly under investigation for the sexual assault. I mean, 
you you don't get to have it both ways. Mm-hmm. You can't pr- picture yourself. You can't as be a this, boy scout. Yeah, you can't be the boy scout and do all these things. Yeah, which is fine. Again, if you did all these bad things, not the assault, but if you had sex, if you drank in high school, yeah, I don't care. That's not a deal not breaker for the Supreme Court. Yeah. People have did whatever it is they did. That's not the issue. But like, don't try to pass off that. No, I didn't go to parties. I was just like. We know Studying you did, dude. School. Okay, like here's... you wrote it in your goddamn calendar. <laughs> Fucking nerd. Um, can we do like a brief? As someone who had many calendars. You did not. <laughs> they didn't say party on them, but I had calendars. <laughs> it's like Gilmore Girls. Too, too nice. <laughs> um, th- just a quick little side jaunt about yeah. this whole like underage drinking thing is like literally in a <laughs> judiciary hearing, this judge. And these sitting senators were like, listen, we all drank in high school. It's no big deal. Like, hey, guys, that's still a law. So, like, can we not <laughs> pretend that anybody follows that law and maybe we should do it? It's like this, the smoking pot thing. Like, yeah, it's that's a legal jerk-off motion. But, like, <laughs> everybody knows someone who's done it. So, like, what does this fucking law even mean? Maybe, like... That's a thing we should kind of learn about this is everybody who's running our country also underage drink, except for like probably Ted Cruz because nobody offered him anything. <laughs> and so maybe like, let's revisit that. Like when all this yeah. dust is settled, maybe let's revisit the fact that We're there is a law. people for doing certain bad things. That... Yeah. And there's a law that nobody obeys. So maybe that's not the best law we've ever come up with as a team. Yeah. Um, anyway, there was one other aspect of the hearing that was troubling for other reasons. Uh, the very last thing that was said before the hearing was adjourned was from a Republican senator, John Kennedy of Louisiana, who had kind of he was the last one to ask <laughs> questions. And it's it wasn't the question so much. He just wanted to know, like, just look me in the eye. Are the allegations true? Kavanaugh said no. None of that's surprising. But here's how Kennedy phrased it. Do you believe in God? Kavanaugh says, I do. I'm going to give you a last opportunity right here, right in front of God and country. I want you to look me in the eye. Are Dr. Ford's allegations true? No. And then later in their conversation, like after Kavanaugh says again, 100%, not a scintilla of doubt in my mind that this didn't... Scintilla? Scintilla. Uh, Kennedy says once again, do you swear to God? Kavanaugh, I swear to God. Then the meeting's adjourned. Cool. And just to be clear, like the fact that you believe in God does not mean you're telling the truth. Correct. It doesn't mean you're not going to tell the, like, you're not going to tell a lie. And this idea that Kennedy uh, argued that, oh, well, if I ask you this first, and then I ask you if you did it or not, it somehow carries more weight. There's extra weight. Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. And Kennedy did that again today when he was giving his speech before voting him out of committee, that somehow this idea that he believes in God is a churchgoer, that should somehow make him seem more credible. But that's exactly what I'm talking about when I say, like, okay, he says he believes in all this shit, but the Jesuits are like, no, 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 he's not one of ours anymore. Right. So where does that leave us? By the way, Kevin also said, like, I'm recommended by the American Bar Association. Well, they're the ones the saying ABA you need an investigation. not hearing that right yeah. now. So anyway, and the, clearly... Trump didn't do anything like Trump says he believes in God and no one would argue that he's a devoutly religious guy. So get over this idea that if you say you believe in God, you're somehow going to do the right thing. Yeah. Those two things are not compatible and they, they don't have to be compatible. Yeah. Also, so. I heard an interview with Trump and he did not completely shit the bed. <laughs> like normally he's like gunning after accusers and he for the low amount of credit he deserves, he was like, the Senate will figure out. They'll do what's right. Yeah. She seemed credible, he which is like, God, I mean, it's such a low bar to clear, but I <laughs> guess he tripped over it. So yeah. here we are. I'm going to move to a totally different story because we could talk about this Kavanaugh thing for a while. And I will. And we will. But this is one that just kind of came to my attention and it was it was bananas and it would get no attention because of all the Kavanaugh stuff. Here's the here's the situation uh, in Kentucky. The state director of American Atheists, Johnny Pike, he, as the school year started, he sent a letter to every district in the state saying, hey, just a reminder, school year starting, there are rules about church-state separation when it comes to school, mm-hmm. so make sure you're not promoting religion, you're not praying with students, mm-hmm. they could do it on their own, of course, just reminding them of the basic law regarding church-state separation. Well, there's a uh, a county, the Hardin County Schools in Kentucky. The superintendent, Teresa Morgan, sent the staff and, and employees an email basically reiterating all of that. Yeah. Saying, hey, everyone, school year's starting. Let's make sure we are obeying the law. And what, some of the stuff she said, you know, you shouldn't wear stuff that is 
promoting your political or religious views, you know? I'm sorry, this is just for teachers and staff? Yeah, okay. and employees of the district. You, you can't wear a shirt that says, you know, Jesus is the way, Jesus is the light. You, you do you can't think my do shirt that. would be good? It says love, love is, is love. love. You know what? That is fine, but I suspect they don't yeah. want anyone making a political statement or a cultural statement it's not political, or a religious it's love statement. Heaven. So she was just saying, you know, don't do that. Don't <laughs> include Bible verses in your email signature line. Don't lead or participate in prayers with students. Mm-hmm. She also said, like, if you have a public Facebook profile, be sure you're, and it says you're an employee of the district. Mm-hmm. Be careful about, you know, promoting it because it might be perceived that you're promoting God as an employee. Obviously, it's fine if you're doing it on your own. Uh But if you, you know, you want to just be careful. Right. That was the gist of this email. So here's where it got weird. Um, There was a newspaper article, local newspaper article, where one teacher was like, well, I think they're, what did she say? Uh, They're challenging my constitutional rights. Mm. Well, that's not true. They're basically reiterating what the law is. No one's taking away your rights. Right. And she even said this teacher, like, I'm devoutly Christian, mm-hmm. but I don't promote it in the classroom. I think what she may have done is kids have given her crosses in the past as a present, and she hang- hung them up on the walls, okay. which gets into this iffy, weird territory sure. of what you're doing. But whatever. Uh, that's, a, that's a smaller, separate issue which people can address. Mm-hmm. But the point is, no one's stopping you from doing the stuff you were necessarily doing as long as it was legal. Mm-hmm. So anyway, she said this, and in a Facebook post that she made, just saying, oh, I'm in this article about whatever, um, the, one of the people who commented uh, under her post was a guy named Bill Bennett. And he is the city council member for Elizabethtown, which happens to incorporate that area mm-hmm. of Kentucky. So this city council member basically says that he's so appalled by what the superintendent did by Uh-oh. sending an email reminding people of the law. And I'm going to quote him here. Hardin County Schools is needing financial assistance for future projects. In light of their misguided interpretation of the First Amendment, I will vote no for any expenditures toward HCS until they rescind this gross interpretation Whoa. to the freedom of religion clause. Dottie's in the background. But like, <laughs> he's basically saying, I'm going to hold them hostage unless they take Holy this back. shit. Which, first of all, what do they have to rescind? The superintendent said, hey, everyone, follow the law. And he's like, What? How dare what you law? take that back? I don't so like I guess that the law. city councilman's like, you should break the law, which is weird. Um, oh. he's, he's threatening the entire public is, school system because the superintendent had the audacity to tell geez, employees, Louise. just do your job. <laughs> That's fucking grim, it's my totally dude. It's totally messed up. Um, so it turns out Johnny Pike's wife, her name is Brittany. She's the one who exposed this thing. Like, can you believe this guy said this? Wait, sorry. I, yeah. um, so Johnny Pike is the... The state director for American Atheists Got it. In okay, Kentucky. sorry. Got it. His wife, who is not Thank doing you. this because of him, but right. she posted her own thing saying, oh my God, this is unbelievable. Uh-huh. And a local newspaper, the same one as before, wrote an article saying, can you believe what this guy said? Yeah, but objectively, not an opinion piece, just saying, this happened. Um, now, if you want any good side to this, I it's don't. that there's a mayor and six city council members, mm-hmm. and he appears to be in his own little bubble here. The mayor's like, we're not going to you know, do anything. Uh, The mayor said, I think a majority of the council will be willing to work with the schools. (laughs) Another city council member said, I told him this morning, speaking of Bennett, I told him this morning, you're confused about what your job is. If you don't like the policies of the Hardin County schools, you need to run for the school board. Yes. (laughs) Oh, that's reassuring. That's that's somewhat reassuring. Um, It does look like this guy's on his own little island bubble world. He deleted that comment from Facebook, though he still said other things, suggesting he doesn't take it back. He just didn't like the backlash. Mm -hmm. But again, there's nothing to... No one did anything wrong except this guy who thinks that if you're not promoting Jesus in the schools, Mm -hmm. then the city shouldn't fund anything you need, including utilities Mm -hmm. and street signs or streets or making a road in front of this place for a new middle school. Right. That's what he wants to attack them for. It was, it's ridiculous. Um, Do you want to go to something serious or something kind of entertaining? Oh, let's ride the serious train. Okay. Let's go to Pennsylvania because the Pennsylvania house, this is the state where uh, they just had the grand jury report on all the horrible things the Catholic (laughs) church was doing. 
Well, the Pennsylvania House just passed a bill, like overwhelmingly, 173 to 21. Uh, They passed a bill that basically uh, kind of helps child abuse victims, sexual assault victims, if this all happened when they were kids. I mean, kind of is an alarming uh, caveat to that. It does. A couple things it does. It would get rid of all statutes of limitations on child sex abuse cases. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good. It would extend the deadline for people trying to uh, file civil cases against their abusers. Right now, if you're 30, like that's the last year you could file that lawsuit, it would raise it to 50. So that's that's important. And here's the big thing. It would create a brand new two-year window for anyone who has been accused or, or who was a victim of child sexual abuse, but maybe the statute of limitations had run out. Okay. It would give them a new two-year window to file those civil cases like against their abusers. Starting... Starting after this bill is passed a little oh, while later. So oh, if they're, interesting. Right now, if you're timed out of the legal system, and this is what we learned from the grand jury investigation, a lot of these people were 60, 70, mm-hmm. and they had no recourse. Maybe the priest is dead, but the Catholic Church was responsible for right. it. And they have nothing they can do right now. So this would open a new window. Wow. Amazing. So the Pennsylvania House passed this overwhelmingly. The Senate is like two to one Republican. But but this is still a good bill. It's for child sex abuse victims. How yeah. could you not before this? Of course, there <laughs> there's a big question of whether this will pass. And there's a couple of reasons for why it's not a foregone conclusion. A couple things. The Catholic Church responded, the Pennsylvania Catholic Conference. They were like, we oppose this because, and I'm quoting here, bankruptcy would cripple the ability of a diocese to provide compensation and healing for survivors. Like, we're working through it, they said. And if you'd allow this to happen, people could take all the money, and then we couldn't go through our system and compensate victims through our process. Sure, you're a really good process. Yeah. So eh, who wants to take that very seriously? Like, you don't want to let older victims sue because that might hurt their ability to help younger victims. Yeah, sounds like science Um, to me. But if you go bankrupt, I I don't really feel bad for you. Mm -mm. Uh, Another thing, though, they also said, we have our own, uh, we will create our own independent voluntary (gasps) program, the church said. Oh, will you, church? Which will include a panel of qualified experts to review individual cases. You definitely are in the benefit of the doubt, Catholic Church. (laughs) And determine financial assistance so yeah um they said you know we can't undo the harm but we'll take care of this ourselves which again yeah they don't have the benefit of the doubt now there's a secular reason people might be opposed to this and this is what a lot of the republicans are arguing they're saying that the reason they're opposed to this particular bill is because it treats public organizations different from private ones because all the stuff i said about sex abuse victims Mm -hmm. It would apply universally. It doesn't matter if you're a student at a school who wants to get back at an abuser or a child in the Catholic Church. And what the bill says is it would treat government entities like schools different from victims of private entities like churches. Like there's a heavier burden of proof and a cap on damages for the public victims. And the reason for that is partly, I think, it's because the public schools and the public system it is more transparent. Like there should be more documentation of what happened and Mm -hmm. whatnot. So there's more evidence on the table. So they do need to make sure they've gone through all the proper channels for the Catholic church. Everything's been so opaque for so long that it's like, no, you don't need to meet every single burden of proof that we might require in a a different type of lawsuit. That's why I think the discrepancy is there. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, well, you're treating them differently. You're almost singling out the Catholic church as opposed to a public school. So it's unfair. Well, even if they were, I'm fine with that. I know, right? So anyway, this bill passed in the House. It is in the Senate's hand. The governor, who is Democrat, said, I'll sign this if it gets to me. But right now it's going to be in the Senate. So if you live in Pennsylvania, the bill is Senate Bill 261 because the Senate actually passed this bill a long time ago before that extra two-year window was added. The House added that, then passed the bill. Now it's back to the Senate. So they would have to approve this new amendment that wasn't there before, and it's causing all the controversy. But if you live in Pennsylvania, call your state senators. Senate Bill 261 is the thing they they should be passing. Cool. Um, So that's a thing that's there. (laughs) Uh, Let me get to something a little more frivolous here, uh, just because you need one of these, right? Yeah. Here's what's not surprising. An evangelical pastor 
urged Christians, if Christians say, should I go to the wedding of my gay friends that who are getting married? Mm-hmm. We've all heard Christian pastors who are like, no, because you'd be celebrating their sin. So you sure. shouldn't go to their weddings. So someone asked preacher John Piper, super Calvinistic, very conservative guy, mm-hmm. like, well, what about my straight friends who are getting married, but they had premarital sex? Should I go to their wedding? And was he doing this as a gotcha, or was he, no, he, or was he mean, asking in good faith? Let's assume he's asking in good faith, okay. and John Piper responded in good faith, um, but just bad theology. I don't know. I don't <laughs> get it. But here's his basic argument. He said, uh, you know, if you're going to the gay wedding, you're, uh, he called it so-called wedding, just to be clear. Oh, God. <laughs> he was Wait, saying. he said so-called or he used quotes? Oh, no. He's saying if it, not attending the so-called wedding of a so-called marriage between Jesus. two men and two women, like blah, 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 it, that's not okay. But when it comes to a straight couple who may have had sex in the past, which I don't know how the attendees would know. Yeah, maybe take a step back, my dude. <laughs> but if they were cohabitating or something, he's basically you saying... You heard them banging? What are you talking about? I, I don't know. But he's saying, like, if you attend their wedding, you're not celebrating sin necessarily, so it's not a blanket no in that situation. However, even if they had premarital sex, they need to feel really bad about it. Sure, that's what everybody needs on their wedding day. <laughs> they need guilt about it and all of that. guilt on their shoulders. Here's what he said specifically for about a straight couple. John Piper said, if the couple that we're talking about here, whose wedding you're going to attend, has only stopped doing the act of fornication, but has not stopped believing that fornication is right, then they probably, if they belong wait. to a Bible-believing church, are in a position where they should be disciplined. Wait, 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 wait. I'm yeah. sorry. That was the most confusing sentence. He's, he's, so wait, let me see if I hurt please. you. They have stopped having premarital sex, Yeah, but they haven't stopped believing that it's wrong? He's saying, let's say they have had sex in the past. Okay. They need to not be doing it now. Sure. Because otherwise, then it's bad if they're still having premarital sex and but continuing to like, do it. One and done, like <laughs> like the seal's been broken. Yeah. Like, no, he's saying like, okay, look, if they did it in the past, mm-hmm. but they realize, you know what, we shouldn't have done that. Let's wait till the wedding to continue having sex. Mm-hmm. Then it's okay because they feel bad about it. They've repented in sure. a way. But if they had sex and they're still having sex and they don't feel bad for having sex, then Bible believing Christian, you should totally not attend their wedding. Can Which, you imagine getting an invitation back of like, haven't <laughs> you're invited to the wedding of Jessica and Michael Greif? Yeah. yeah. Please check steak, vegetarian, or other. <laughs> and you send back an essay of, I need to know if you've had sex, how many times you've had sex. And hey, how do you, do you hey, feel, Jess, how do you feel about that sex? Yeah. Do you feel bad about doing it? Do you feel bad it? about the sex? Because I really you, need to consider a lot of this. And I would say, Hemet, send me $100 and never talk to me again. <laughs> Here's the takeaway from this. Don't invite John Piper to your wedding. Yeah. And if you have any friends who are going to, like, judge you based on what you've done with your partner, like, that person maybe shouldn't be invited either. Or invited just into your life, I would argue. Maybe that's... Who who in your life is judging you that you want to invite to your wedding unless you absolutely have to? You're getting married. This is a great time to weed out the garbage people (laughs) of your life. Yeah. (laughs) Just just move on. You're John Piper. John Piper. John Piper. Yeah, there's there's one more legal issue that I had to bring up this week because it it happened this week. Uh, Here's the story because it took place a year ago, but there's a big update to it. Uh, Last year, there was a 17-year-old girl named India Landry who goes to school in Texas. um, And basically, she never stood up during the pledge. She always sat through the Pledge of Allegiance. She said she did it, quote, around 200 times in class without incident. Mm -hmm. But one day last October... She was in the principal's office for some reason, not important, and the pledge came on during the time she was in the principal's office, and she remained seated. And the principal went batshit crazy when this happened. The principal, according to the lawsuit that this family later filed, uh, said, well, you're kicked out of here <gasps> to the girl. Here meaning the officer of the school? I think the school. Jesus. The principal like gave the mom five minutes to pick up the girl or the police would escort her out. Five minutes? Yeah. Um, and then according, like the secretary, the secretary of the school said, this is not like the NFL. 
She said, you're going to stand for the pledge like the other African-American in the class. I don't know (gasps) that the secretary said that or that's just a fact of the matter. But basically, they all were like, okay, let's get together and talk about this. And the principal suggested that the girl write about justice and African-Americans being killed, I guess in the name of activism or something. And the... uh, the principal then said the meeting is over, and if the girl, India, does not stand for the pledge, she cannot return to Windfern High School. This is what the lawsuit said what the this district did. What the fuck is the matter with yeah. people? Now, the district basically said, like, all these claims are absurd. Mm-hmm. Like, they would never do any of these things. But here's their defense. <laughs> but if we did... <laughs> like, it was all a he said, she said thing. That's what the school's claiming. But they said, look... A student will not be removed from the school or expelled for refusing to stand for the pledge. They can stand. They, they can choose not to stand for the pledge. The policy is, if you don't say the Pledge of Allegiance, you do have to stand unless you have a note from your parents. This is the school's defense. They're like, we didn't do any of the stuff they're claiming, but, but if, if we this did, girl wants to sit, she justified. needs a note. She God. needs a note from her parents. And by the way, no, she doesn't. That's this is yeah, a big that's clear not how thing. Law works. It's not how law works. In fact, in Florida, um, like in 2006, they had this exact same type of lawsuit, and the appeals court there said, "No, kid doesn't need a permission slip from their parents in order to not say the pledge." 1943. This is a fucking gym class. What is he talking I know. about? 1943. The Supreme Court said kids don't have to stand for the pledge. The way that law has been applied ever since is that they don't need permission. Not to stand either. They can just choose not to stand. It's okay. So anyway, this is this is all going on in the courts right now. It's still being worked out in Texas. And then here's what happened this week. The Attorney General of Texas, Ken Paxton, super Republican guy, files a motion with the courts to say, we want to get in on this. We want to intervene in this lawsuit. Now it's no longer between the family and the school district. Mm-hmm. It's the family and us. Because this goes to the heart of state law. And that's kind of what his argument is, that <sighs> this gets to the question of what the state law is. And the key thing to take away from his statement, Ken Paxton's statement, is school children cannot unilaterally refuse to participate in the pledge. Our, their state law... What? Yeah. Their state law, he says, says kids have to say the pledge. It says they have to participate or something like that. But... I'm sorry, I want to I make sure I have this right. Texas state law says schools shall require students to say the pledge and a pledge to the state of Texas and another moment of silence. But the way you interpret that, schools shall require Ooh. students to say, could mean schools have to offer the Pledge of Allegiance. They can't not say the Pledge of Allegiance. But to say students have to say it and they have to stand up while they say it goes against every federal law. Isn't the this way it's the party of small government? What the Fuck are they Seriously. doing? So the Texas law also says Texas law says a bunch of things, but the point is federal law, the way the courts have always seen this, kids can choose not to say the pledge. They don't have to stand for it. Texas law can't suddenly They're make them do duh. that no matter how you want to interpret the law. But the state of Texas now wants to intervene in this lawsuit in order to force kids to stand for the pledge. Unless they have their what parents' permission otherwise. What is going otherwise. on in this world right now? Uh, Texas. Uh, Blame Ted Cruz. That's the answer to everything, right? Yeah, Just vote for Beto. Seriously. So anyway, that's Jesus going on right now. It's, it's insane. Why, though? Um, I got one other really quick. Yeah. I know. Oh, We're sorry, going I fast have, today. No, I know. And I haven't participated. I've had a really it's crazy okay. week at work. And also, <laughs> some emotional troubles based yes. on this week. Uh, let me get to this one, which is... Uh, a theology professor writing for the Christian Post said that Terry Gross, the host of NPR's oh, Fresh Air, she is waging is a war on Christianity. In radio. <laughs> She's waging a war on Christianity because, according to this guy, a whole bunch of people she's interviewed recently have an axe to grind with evangelical Christianity. Like she just interviewed and someone. And that's I Terry think, Gross's fault. Yeah, apparently. Well, he said this one author she interviewed, I think we talked about her last week, was saying purity culture was a problem. Yeah. And so she interviewed the author of that book. Uh-huh. And so that's an example of how sure. Terry Gross is anti-Christian. She also involved people that were involved in a film and a book around conversion therapy and why it's bad. 
And so that's anti-Christian. Just to be clear, and he says, like, imagine if the only people who are ever allowed to discuss living in Iowa on NPR were people who grew up there, found the place stifling and toxic, and left angrily, determined never to return. That's what it's like to listen to Terry Gross on Christianity. Hey. And then he adds, when did Terry Gross ever interview a Christian leader who was there to represent rather than criticize Tell their faith community? Tell me you did some research. I did some research. Oh, did you? Yes. Here's a couple people she's interviewed. And I'm not saying this happened last month, but it's happened because mm-hmm. these interviews are out there. Uh, Lutheran pastor Nadia Bowles-Weber, mm-hmm. who is one of these people who is famous for like, she has tattoos, she's a rebel, Whoa. but she's very much a Lutheran pastor who preaches the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, pastor John Hagee, who is like, we would probably consider insane and conservative Christian. <laughs> he was talking about Hurricane... He's a guy who said Hurricane Katrina was God's retribution for a planned gay pride parade. Hey, dude, this is why we don't let Christians on NPR, <laughs> because y'all are bunkers. She interviewed him, and it was a fine interview. They disagreed on a lot of stuff, but she interviewed him. She interviewed Tim LaHaye, the guy who wrote the Left Behind series hmm. uh, way back when. He's dead now, but she interviewed him. Sorry, I didn't... She interviewed Dr. Francis Collins, who's the evangelical guy who runs the National Institutes of Health, who is famously like an amazing scientist and geneticist, and ben also a, a believing, uh, he's is, a believing evolution promoting evangelical Christian. Oh, I thought he was the one who was a creationist. Not a creationist. Okay. Awesome guy, My very bad. good in science, but he's like, I'm also a believer. She's interviewed him, and he doesn't shy away from his faith. So the point is, Terry Gross has interviewed a lot of Bible-believing Christians, mm-hmm. But this guy selectively chose to only narrow it down to a couple of interviews. And what? Someone who's being intellectually uh, dishonest? I can't yeah. imagine it. I'll give you one more good story, and then I'm done. Um, the Congressional Free Thought Caucus, which began earlier this uh, summer, I think, maybe, uh, if not earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the thing. The C- Congressional Free Thought Caucus, it's mostly in the House of Representatives, but it represents lawmakers who pledge to basically say we are promoting reason-based public policy, keeping church and state separate. We oppose discrimination against non-religious people wherever that exists. Mm -hmm. And and it's not heavy, like in the U.S. anyway, not open discrimination against atheists, and championing freedom of thought around the world. These are things anybody ought to be able to get behind. Mm -hmm. But it started with uh, Jared Huffman, who is the one guy in Congress who is openly Mm -hmm. non-theistic. It's also chaired or co-chaired by Jamie Raskin of Maryland, uh, Jerry McNerney from California. Those three guys kind of started this thing. The update now is that this group is up to 10 people, which Mm -hmm. is no small thing in general, the fact that it's growing. It now includes uh, Dan Kildee of Michigan, Mark Pocan of Wisconsin, Pramila Jayapal of Washington, Steve Cohen of Tennessee, Hank Johnson of Georgia, Zoe Lofgren of California, and Delegate Eleanor Holmes Norton of Washington, D.C., all of them, by the That's way. That's an impressive array of like states. And yeah. They're all Democrats, I should say. Well, but that's the least surprising thing you've is, ever said to me. I know. But it's growing, and that's optimistic. And you would hope, like, this is growing now in the age of Trump and a Republican led everything. Mm-hmm. If that changes in the future and they actually have some say, this is one of those groups that could actually do some sure. good stuff for the country if they ever had the power to say, hey, we're not backing this piece of legislation mm-hmm. because it doesn't adhere to our principles here. And so as a block, we oppose this unless you fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's you know bad for church-state separation, so you don't have our vote unless you fix that. That's the power of these caucuses. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, they, they haven't flexed their muscle, really. Sure. They sent, I think, a letter or two on behalf of some issue or another but this is what could grow into something big. Remember, the Congressional Prayer Caucus is huge, bipartisan, like they have some Democrats on it, and it's powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not that yet, but it should be, and it could be in a different alternative universe. So more power to them. Um, I think I'm done. Do cool. we have some mail? Yeah, we have two pieces of mail. All right, we're going to get through them quickly. Yeah, Heaven has to go. I have to go. Okay, you, man. Let's do it. You're really stomping all over a long I rant know, I had. Sorry. Okay, so the first one I wanted to, to bring up is a, an email, which I don't even know was meant for the show, but it's kind of stuck in my crawl all week. Um, so it says, hey, thanks for the podcast and website. This is a serious question. Why do you spend so much time and energy on LGBT issues? You might object. You might object that you talk about LGBT injustices, 
but there are plenty of other injustices in the world. You noticeably mention LGBT stuff, and it takes away from your focus on atheism. Atheism is opposed to religious belief, not to homophobia. It wasn't just religious people who opposed legalization of same-sex marriage and who practiced heteronormativity. There, are, These are ornithological... Orntho- God damn it. I thought one day, I, one day you'll get through the orthogonal word. Orthogonal yes. issues to religious beliefs. And honest, and you wrote this this listener back. And it I was going to, and I just did one of the things like I wrote stuff and then I deleted it. Um, I don't mind the question. It's a fair question. I've gotten the question. And assuming it's in good faith, here's here's my quick response to that sort of thing. To me, LGBT issues and like same-sex marriage and civil rights, like this to me seems like the easiest moral question that mm-hmm. we could have in our time right now. It's so easy. Well, and it's also it's the one com- that is literally only a problem because of the religious Yeah, right, that's the main religion. opposition to it. And so to see so many religious groups oppose this simple thing, it kind of tells you they're not the people to go to when you're looking for moral authority. Mm-hmm. And to me, that it's not so much that it's a pro-atheism thing. This is a clear indication of why religion is a bad thing. It's a problem because they can't even get the simple moral issues right. Mm-hmm. Let's not look to them as as some suggestion that, oh, look, they have a hold on moral goodness. Yeah. They don't. And keep to keep pointing that out is important, I think, too, because for a lot of young people who are not bothered by gay people or gay rights, they see this and like, who opposes love? Right. It's, oh, it's evangelical Christians. Right. There is a side of atheists that's like, if I make the right arguments, then I will win people over to the side of reason and logic. Mm-hmm. Let me counter this apologetics argument and mm-hmm. we'll do it. Read the God delusion and it's done. Mm-hmm. And I think what's more effective is showing people, hey, the church you belong to can't even do gay marriage right. If you're Catholic, look at what your church is doing about same-sex marriage. Look at how they treat people who are uh, in a same-sex relationship. It's awful like, why do you want to be a part of that group? Right. That's not an argument for atheism, but I would hope it makes them think, oh, you know what? My church isn't right about this. Yeah. I, I'm not afraid to admit that my church is wrong on this simple issue. That's my argument. That's why it's so important to talk about. Yeah, so I, I, I would actually sort of uh, jump at the very first thing you said, that you don't necessarily have a problem with the question. And I kind of do, only for, for a couple of reasons. Like, first of all, everything you said, I co-sign, right? Like, this stuff about pe- people who are trying, just trying to live their fucking lives are being held back or, per- or persecuted for no other reason than some old stodgy guys said that gay people are gross. Um, I think the reason this kind of stuck in my craw is it's sort of giving this purity test to what you and I do on this on this show. So, yes, we're called the Friendly Atheist. Yes, the sort of driving force behind this is that we're both non-believers and we seek to find stories of of uh, things that are going wrong or right in our world because of religion, in spite of religion, whatever. Um, and yes, I do think that gay rights is one of the easiest things to point to and say, listen, they got this super wrong. But also, like, I sort, I take a lot of offense to somebody saying, well, there's other issues to worry about. And that is, like, a super fucking exhausting thing to hear because there's no such... There's there's no show that Hemant and I can host that is going to tackle every single thing that's wrong in the world. We focus on the United States because we're American. We focus on politics because we're both invested in politics. Hemant and I are doing this show based off of what we're interested in and what we see as the prominent social issues and and other issues of our time and so, how religion impacts it and and how yeah and obviously it's always through a lens and the same thing people kind of give us shit for being too liberal like we're just two people hosting a show doing the best we can and trying to point out like what's going and keep people kind of abreast of what's going on in the world and for somebody to say that not just we're not doing a good job of it, which is fine. You could absolutely argue we're not good doing a good job of it. But do it while you give us five stars. But do then it while you give us five stars. Please. I Like, listen, when am I going to text my brother if I don't <laughs> have your garbage that you say about me? I just find it personally really, like, shitty of being like, well, there's other problems, you know? Because to me, that smacks so quick, so, like, alarmingly similar to 
well, wh- how come women are fighting for equal rights in the United States? Go to Ghana. That's where they have it bad. Like, yeah, there's other worse shit than like people not getting the legal right to be married or people not getting a cake bake for them. Yeah, I know that isn't the tragedy of like nobody's dying because they didn't get their wedding cake, but it this is the shit that matters. And this is the shit that we're going to look back on and, and realize, like, did it really matter that Rosa Parks couldn't sit exactly where she, she wanted to on the bus? Like you could, you can make that same argument for literally any social injustice in the last five centuries. It's just about trying to find what, what, what evil and what, what bad shit Religion is pouring into our society and trying to isolate it and figure out how we can do better. If I can offer one more uh, bit to that, which is I get a lot of emails saying, like, how can you focus so much on Christianity? There are other religions in the world. Yeah. Um, I've written about Islam a lot and its effects and the effects of uh, radical Islam, obviously, but also what injustices Muslims have to put up with in America and stuff like that. And I never get emails saying, oh, good, you covered Islam. No, no, no. They just kind of gloss over it. But obviously, if you're talking about government and politics and religion, Christianity is the dominant force. So, of course, that's what the focus will be. Right. But I notice they never really seem to notice when I write about other stuff. So the person who says, why do you only talk about LGBT issues? We talk mostly about other issues. Right. And also but, this idea of it take what it takes away your focus on atheism. I have plenty no. of rage to go around. <laughs> that too, but it doesn't take away your focus on atheism because this is where religion goes wrong. Yes. And in a way, I think that contributes to helping people become atheists. And like what is this dream show that this person wants us to make? Is it only things that people <laughs> say, I believe in God, so I'm doing this yeah. thing? Because that's that show m- gets boring after a while. And that's not how like r- religious my majorities work. Yeah. Um, last thing. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so recently I posted this thing on uh, Twitter because I bought a present for my dad's birthday and I got the receipt and it was like, here's some other things people are interested in your area. And there was a fucking machete on it oh. and I didn't know what to do with that information. Nice. And then so somebody made a joke about Hemet and I um, in the zombie apocalypse and why we yes. might need a machete. Yes. And I made a rather glib yet accurate remark that <laughs> Hemet is the first. <laughs> Go on. The first person who would absolutely die in a zombie apocalypse. Um, and I just want to hear, Hemet, um, of you and I, who do you yes. think would do better in a zombie apocalypse? Oh, yeah, I would go first. Like, immediately, right? Yeah. Like, like would you zo- even fight back? No, why bother? I'd just surrender. There's no point. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. What so, I I wasn't, so I wasn't wrong. Take my tofu. <laughs> I literally, like, my thought was like, he has a very restricted diet. He wouldn't wouldn't resort to cannibalism as quickly as I would. Brains, you say? No, thank you for this vegetarian. (laughs) Ann and I have this, my friend Ann and I have this long-running joke that we were talking about the same thing, about, like, the zombie apocalypse. And I was like, well, the first thing I would do, because we were talking about Carol from The Walking Dead, who has short, cropped hair. Okay. And I was like, well, the first thing I would do was get a sensible apocalypse haircut, because I wouldn't, because everybody's, like, running around in the apocalypse with, like, their soft waves around their face get that shit out of there shaving my head (laughs) immediately also i have survival skills you don't even know about i've camped once look at you i can ride a horse can you ride a horse thing you've said all podcast first of all how fucking dare you (laughs) the whitest thing is always that i dvr rachel meadow um i meant really quick uh oh i went canvassing last week it was really really great um i i meant to mention this we're hemant and i are trying to like do a get out of the vote thing. So if you, when you vote, when you canvass, when you do any kind of like civically minded stuff, take a picture, tag Hemet and I, and we'll, we'll mention you on the show. I would like to use whatever small platform we have to encourage uh, voting this midterm because totally. do it. it's extremely important. Um, Don't make us rely on Jeff Flake as our beacon of hope. Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, any good things? No, I got to go. Okay, bye. <laughs> See ya.